Extra time, Immaculate Grid, Grid 132 for Saturday, August 12th. This is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. So today is a fun grid. We have four different career achievements, so not all career achievements, but this is one you had to be careful because you might not be able to answer it depending on your you know, generation, where when you grew up and who you know over the times, because there are a few answers that might only work for you and therefore you might not be able to finish the grid. So not as fun as all achievements. This one I didn't think was particularly hard, but again, you had to just think it through to make sure that you could answer the grid. So let's go ahead and review the grid. So the columns from left to right, we have 300 plus wins and a career for pitching. Then in the middle, we have the New York Mets. And in the far right-hand column, we have a Cy Young winner. Then in your rows from top to bottom, we have 3,000 plus career strikeouts. Then in the middle row, we have the Boston Red Sox. And at the bottom, we have Hall of Famer. So let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a lot of notes here. So for 300 plus wins and 3,000 Ks, I went with Mr. Tom Seaver at now, so for folks that don't know, there are a total of 24 300 game winners. And of those, just for your entertainment, I took each of the players, 13 in total, that earned their 300th win in 1960 or later, because pretty much before that, pitching stats are really, really, really crazy. And mostly because the quality of the pitching or the quality of the hitting, however you want to look at it, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty tough to compare. And some of the numbers are just so wild. They're, they're about as wild as what the offensive numbers were in that mid to late 90s to the early 2000s for some of those pitching stats. So I'm not a big fan of those. So that's why I went 1964 or 1960 and forward. So here are all of the 300 game winners in reverse order of most to fewest where they earned their 300th win post 1960. So you have Warren Spawn with 363 in 1961. You have Greg Maddox with 355 in 2004. You have Roger Clemens with 354 in 2003. Steve Carlton, 329 wins. He earned his 300th win in 1983. Nolan Ryan with 324 wins. He earned that in 1990s, 300th. Don Sutton, 324. In 1986, Phil Necro with 318 in 1985, Gaylord Perry 314 1982, Tom Seaver 311 wins. He earned his 300th in 1985. Tom Glavin 305 wins in 2007, Randy Johnson 303 in 2009, and Early Win 
300 even in 1963. So how many players had 300 plus wins and also 3,000 strikeouts or more? So you have 10. So of the 13 I just named, nine of them qualify. Maddox, Glimmons, Carlton, Ryan, Sutton, Necro, Perry, Seaver, and Randy Johnson. And then there is a 10th in Walter Johnson. So there are 10 total players that qualified for that square. And we've got a lot more on all of this stuff here. Cy Young's Hall of Fame, who's in the Cy Young, who won Cy Young and is not in the, who is in the Hall of Fame, who's in the Hall of Fame that did not win a Cy Young. So we've got lots of that coming up here in just a moment. So in the top middle square, you have Mets and 3000 plus K. So it's kind of funny. There is a theme within the Met column here that we're going to have, which is the majority of the careers of these players were not as Mets for the most part, with this exception of one. So the majority of their career, they did it as not a Met, but the Mets, you know, were an expansion team, were not very good for a very long time. Won the World Series in 1969. They were those amazing Mets. But outside of that, were pretty mediocre to terrible until 1986. And then they've had fleeting moments of being good. And they've had a lot of recent moments of heartbreak and despair. But for 3000K and Mets, your answers could be Verlander, Tom Seaver, Max Scherzer, which of course was just portion of this year, Nolan Ryan and Pedro. And so out of that group, the only player to play any significant time as a Met really is Seaver. You had Nolan Ryan spent his first few seasons as a Met, but then he really wouldn't take off in his career until he went to the Angels. But those were your 3,000 plus strikeout for a career that were at one point Mets. So now let's go to that top right-hand corner. We have Cy Young and 3,000 plus Ks. So this is um, an interesting one. So you have 13 total that won a Cy Young and have 3,000 plus Ks, but there are a few notable ones that are not on there. So let's give you the ones that are so some of the names that we've told you already today maddox clemens carlton don sutton gaylord perry tom siever randy johnson and then others to have a cy young and 3000 k or more are bob gibson ferguson jenkins pedro so realize pedro does not have 300 wins so these gentlemen here do not are not on the 300 win list. CC Sabathia, and then you have Scherzer and Verlander are on this list. So none of these players. So Bob Gibson never won 300 games. Ferguson Jenkins not 300 games. So notable of who's not on that list. Additionally, Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young, nor did Phil Negro. So kind of interesting kind of facts there. 
And then here's some other stuff with the Cy Young Award. So the Cy Young Award, we've talked about Rookie of the Year, so that was started in 1957. So 56 was Cy Young. So from 1956 until 1967, or to the 60-60, and however you want to look at it, there was a single pitcher that was voted for. So the first one to win was actually Don Newcomb at that point. He was a Brooklyn Dodger. So that was the very first Cy Young Award. In 1967, the award would get split across the leagues. So you'd have one in the American League and one in the National League. So for 67, the initial winners were Jim Lomborg of Boston. He's going to come up here again very soon. And Mike McCormick with the Giants. From 56 until 1970, there was only a single vote and a single point given to each writer in each major league city to vote for Cy Young. That would change in 1970. So from then 1970 to 2009, voters had a first, second, and third place vote, and those were worth five, three, and one points respectively. And then now in 2010, you actually have a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place votes. And that is weighted at seven, four, three, two, and one point. So that is how Cy Young is chosen. There are 11 pitchers that have won multiple awards. So, of course, you have Roger Clemens. Rocket has seven three with Boston, two with the Torontos, and two with the Yankee. You have Randy Johnson has five. You have Steve Carlton with four. Greg Maddox won four, and in fact, his four are all consecutive, so four years in a row. Sandy Koufax has won three, and he's also the first multi-Cy Young winner. Tom Seaver also has three. Palmer, Jim Palmer with three, Pedro has three, Kershaw has three, and then Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander also have three each. So those are some facts around Cy Young when it was started, how it's voted for, and how many the multi-game winners have. So that's that top right hand, Cy Young and 3000K. So let's move on to the second row. So we have 300 plus wins in their career and a Boston Red Sox. So this is where you had to be very clever and start to think about how you're going to answer this. Because you might run out of your knowledge when you needed that person somewhere else. So 300 plus wins, Boston Red Sox. There's only four. Cy Young, Rocket. Old Haas, Radborn, and for those that were astute enough, which I did not know this until doing this, Tom Seaver played his last season as a Red Sox in 1986. I do not remember that. I remember the 86 season very, very, very well. I remember the Giants, you know, again, fighting for first place, getting no hit by Mike Scott at the end of the year. Mike Kruko would win 20 games that year. Robbie Thompson, second and rookie of the year. It's Will Clark's rookie year. And I just don't remember Seaver as a as a as a Red Sox, but 
You could have gone Tom Seaver here if you were scratching. I went Cy Young with 23% because I was saving Rocket for something else. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of, kind of, you only had four choices. You had to be careful here. So next we go to that very middle square and we have players that were both Mets, a Met and a Boston Red Sox. And, you know, I went Frank Voila, Viola. I don't know why. I always liked Frank Viola. He was on that 87 Twins team. I hated the Cardinals. The Cardinals beat the Giants in the 87 NLCS. The Twins would win the World Series that year. It would be the first year that the home team won each game. The Twins would win 4-3. to three. And that was also back in the goofy days where the home team alternated each year so it was not based on who had the best record it was not based on who won the all-star game it was just hey it's an odd year american leagues at home but that is the first year that the home team won each game twins would win four games of three the memorable one is that there was a utility infielder named tom lawless and and it could have been Tim Wallace, but regardless, he was a little used utility infielder. And dude crushes a three-run home run in that series in St. Louis. And dude just does the old school, or actually not old school, more like new school, follows, you know, follows the ball and walks, you know, bat toss kind of thing. And he was kind of like, you know, really, guy, you're the one who's gonna do this. You know, at that point in time, I mean, he had fewer. I'll look it up for next time, but fewer than 10 career home runs, I'm sure. And he just crushes one into, I believe, right field. I want to say he was a left-handed hitter, if memory serves. And he just walks around the bases. And so I just hated the Cardinals. I just hated how they played. I hated Vince Coleman. I hated Okendo and, and, and Ozzie trying to punk Will Clark in 87. Giants had a few brawls with them in those late 80s. But uh, Frank Viola, he was one of the star pitchers for the Twins in 87. So I was kind of like Frank Viola, but he was he would go on to the Mets and then eventually to Boston. So I went with him there in the middle at 0.8%. And so now here's where you had to, again, you had to be very judicious on how you answered because you may have run out of people that you know. So for Boston and Cy Young winner, we have Clemens three times, Pedro twice, the aforementioned Jim Blomborg, and Rick Porcello. So you only had four, four answers here, right? Cy Young never won a Cy Young. The award didn't exist until 56, well after his retirement. And of course, it was named after him. So you had to be very judicious here on how you were going to use some of these, some of these guys based on your age and level of knowledge. So now we're to the bottom row and we've got 300 plus wins in a career and we have Hall of Fame. So as we mentioned before, there are 24 300 game plus winners in our 24 total that have won 300 plus games. There are only 23 in the Hall of Fame. And the 24th is eligible or was eligible and ran out of eligibility 
So as you can imagine, the only 300-game winner not in the Hall of Fame is Roger Clemens. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. And if you listen to the rant about Kurt Schilling the other day, put him in, put them all in, put them in, tell the story, don't make them martyrs. Let's not even have the discussion anymore. Let's not talk about asterisks, asterisks. Let's just put them in. And if it's the hall of questionable characters or questionable behavior or whatever, tell the story and then put them in that hall if you need to. Put in Rose, put in all of these guys and tell the story. By not telling the story, by ignoring the story, I think you give the story more power. And I think you also codify previous behavior that was questionable. So, you know, I'm not saying that you have to go have revisionist history on people that are in, but tell the story. Go back and review it. You know, we went back, we finally, you know, brought the Negro Leagues in and we're now counting their statistics. You know, the game can grow. It's okay. And I think a lot of people view the steroid era differently now. And for those that don't think of it differently, just tell the story. Like, what... What is the sanctity of something that's already smeared? And I'm not saying to smear it more, but what is the real purpose of it? And let's tell the story. I think the purpose should be to tell the story, tell the story of the game. And it's absolutely part of the game and it can't go away. So put Clemens in. I think it's kind of silly that he's not. So let's go to that middle bottom square for Hall of Famer. And here's another example. You have 13 different answers that you could have answered, but really only one, the majority of his career was as a Met. And then the second, he started as a Met, but isn't really known as a Met for sure. But here are the people that you could have put in. Robbie Alomar, one season. Richie Ashburn, one season. Yogi Berra did a season with the Mets. Now, Gary Carter spent four seasons with the Mets. And if you're a Met fan, maybe you think of him as a Met. But I think most people think of him as an, as an expo, as one of the expositions. At least I do. I mean, he played for the Mets, of course. He won a World Series with the Mets. But, um, you know, the majority... In the better years of his career were absolutely as, a, as an expo. Glavin spent four seasons, you know, at the back end of his career after leaving Atlanta. Ricky, so Ricky Henderson did two years, Gil Hodges two, Pedro spent three, Willie Mays spent two. I went with Willie here, 10%. Eddie Murray did two years. Nolan Ryan spent the first five years of his career. And then Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver, 12 seasons. So he's, you know, arguably he's the guy that's like, okay, he's a Met, started as a Met. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a Met. Duke Snyder, right? It's like, where are we getting these people? Duke Snyder, longtime center fielder for the Brooklyn Dodgers, one season. Warren Spahn spent a season as a Met. And you got to think of especially that late 60s 
the Mets were terrible and they were trying to get names, trying to get people in. And they were bringing anybody and everybody and their brother in. So it's just, you know, they've got all these names that qualify, but really none of them are really, really Mets. So now we're in that bottom right hand square. We have Cy Young and Hall of Fame. So as we mentioned before, there are 24 300 game winners. Of those 24 or 23 are in, the only exception is Roger Clemens. So Hall of Famers that also have a Cy Young. So of the 300 game winners that won a Cy Young, so you have Spawn. So Warren Spawn actually would win in 19, uh, 1961, I believe, but he won one of the first Cy Young Awards available, but he was starting to get near the end of his career. The aforementioned Greg Maddox, Clemens, you could not go Clemens here. Carlton, of course, is uh, Cy Young and Hall of Fame. Don Sutton, Gaylord Perry, Tom Seaver, Tom Glavin. So now you have a 300 game winner. So Glavin did not do 3000 strikeouts, but he did win 300 wins, win a Cy Young. So you could have gone Tom Glavin here, Randy Johnson, and then early win. Early win won 300 games on the dot. He won his Cy Young in, uh, I believe, 63 as well. But other folks that you could have gone that are, so they are Cy Young winners, they are Hall of Famers, but they do not have 300 wins, nor do they have 3,000 strikeouts. Don Drysdale, longtime Dodger. Dennis Eckersley, of course, really made his Hall of Fame case, and we talked quite a bit about Eckersley a little over a week ago. And so for those, you know, Look at the show description. Each day, the badge for the show is the grid for that particular day. So you can see the players that we chose. We talk about pretty much most of those players. And then in the description of each of those shows, we talk about those players. So if there's any of your favorite players or players that you know, you're a fan of or liked or just want to hear, go search, search those episodes out. And we have a lot of little stats and little things about each of the ones that we chose that particular day. We've been doing this for, you know, several weeks now. And again, this is the extra time Immaculate Grid, the bonus show for generations. Talk about my sports generations. But the big show dropped today at noon, Saturday, Pacific noontime. So the big show drops every Saturday, and then this show, the Extra Time show, is on Immaculate Grid, and it is every day, drops at 9 p.m. But search the last other shows out. And for today's show, for the big show, we talk about gambling and the pervasiveness of gambling and some of the challenges with you know, the ESPN deal that just came out. We also talk about some of the trends and how things have changed as far as how we've consumed and talked about gambling and fantasy. Of course, fantasy sports is a big part of that. 
So go check out those other shows. And also, we are going to have next week more on analytics. And it is a topic that drives Steve crazy. He does not think that you can measure everything. He doesn't think that you can even attempt to measure everything. So he has almost this nihilistic view of measuring nothing, I suppose. But he talks a lot about intangibles, and there are things that I told him that you can absolutely measure within intangibles that you know you can't necessarily predict on a game-by-game -game basis, but you can track behaviors and you can track different types of things that can go into the decision-making on if you're going to sign a player or not. But there is a good four-and-a-half-minute, just under five-minute video on me trying to explain wins above replacement to Steve. Check that one out. That is probably by far, bang for the buck, our best episode, funniest episode. And you can visibly see Steve's frustration as I attempt to explain wins above replacement. And I'm really about to, at the end of that video, really, really nerd out and get into some dirty details and weeds. And uh, you'll see his reaction. It's great. But Back to Cy Young and Hall of Fame and players that did not win 300 wins or have 3,000 Ks. You have Raleigh Fingers, predominantly a reliever. You have Whitey Ford. You have Roy Halladay. Of course, his career was was short, and then he would, you know, accidentally, I suppose, get in the airplane crash. You have Catfish Hunter. You have Sandy Koufax. That was a supernova, burn bright hot, but Really, the majority of his career was was very short. You have John Smoltz. That was kind of the Eckersley mold. Started out as a starter and then became a great reliever and then actually went back to starting. And then you have Bruce Souter. And the interesting fact about Bruce Souter is he is the answer to this question. Who is the only Cy Young Award winner and Hall of Fame member to never start a game? And the answer is Bruce Souter. So Bruce Souter is the only player in Major League Baseball history to have won a Cy Young, to be in the Hall of Fame, and to never start a single game. And to give Steve some credit, I hit him with that question this morning. And uh, in relative short order, he actually knocked that one out. So good on good on Steve on that one on, on getting that one. But today's grid was super fun, you know, a lot of pitching kind of stuff. So maybe tomorrow we'll get to see, uh, you know, some MVP, some home runs, some RBI numbers. I, I'm not sure, but I like the career achievement ones, especially when there's a lot of different options and maybe limited options with certain ones and so you have to be very strategic on how you might want to use a specific square because you can only use a player once and so you don't want to burn somebody up and not be able to use them somewhere else and then get stuck without an answer for part of the grid but this is extra time this is the immaculate grid this was grid 132 for the 12th of august saturday we appreciate the listens. Give us some feedback, share your grids, 
and answer our polls. Our polls, I think, are pretty funny. So hit us up on there and share with your friends. We're actually starting to grow. The audience is great and I'm having fun. So as long as people are listening and people are enjoying our content, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing this, Steve and I. So check out The Big Show. The Big Show dropped today. We'll be back here tomorrow with extra time. And with that, we'll leave you. Have a great one. Cheers.